Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank podcast. We love God, love people, and love our city. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org. Good morning, family, and welcome to week four of our series, Awesome God. It's been an amazing journey. I hope those of you that have made the decision to fast with us are having some incredible times in the presence of God and uh, and that you're learning new things about yourself, learning new things about God. Won't you make your way, please, to the book of Genesis chapter 22. I, I want to speak to us today about Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. And we're going to take our scriptures from Genesis uh, 22. That's the, the story that some of us have heard. Maybe you know it well. It is the story of Abraham and Isaac. Abraham having to go and sacrifice Isaac according to God's mandate. And uh, if you have made your way uh, to the book of Genesis, I would encourage you to please uh, read this uh, on your phones, in your own Bibles. Uh, I, I think the scripture is going to be on the screen, but don't, don't just rely on that. Won't you open your Bibles and read with me? In fact, I would encourage you to stand as we read uh, the scriptures together. We're going to read from, from chapter 22 uh, and uh, we'll, we'll just do the first uh, 14 verses together. So it says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you, have, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. And the lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we shall come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham and said, Father. And he said, oh, Abraham spoke with his father. and He said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where? Is the lamb for a burnt offering. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering 
instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Amen. I want you to, to say, say this with me as we ponder the meaning of this scripture. The Lord will provide. I want you to go ahead and say it again. The Lord will provide. If you're believing for provision, won't you please even just type uh, something in the chat section just to let us know that you're believing for, for provision and we can stand with you and we can all just say yes and amen because the Lord will provide. As the, as the Bible says, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. I want us to, to take away the lesson uh, from this scripture reading that God is a God who provides. He is the, in the business of providing. He has been in the business of providing and he will be in the business of providing. Let that not fall short of your understanding. Because it is meaningful, saints. You see, when we fall short of the realization that God is a God who provides, he actually is who he says he is, we start to believe that he is what he has not said he is. Or we start to believe about ourselves what he has not said we are. And so we start to make our own plans. We start to make our own uh, uh, plan A's and B's and C's and, and all sorts that get us into trouble. And we take matters into our own hands. Even like Abraham, if we've read the story of Abraham, even in places where God has promised. You know, Ab God made Abraham a fantastic promise. He said to Abraham that he will, he will have a son by his wife, Sarah, and that through this son that he would bless the world. And he made some incredible blessings. But Abraham fell short a little bit of that understanding, and he took matters into his own hands, and he ended up fathering an illegitimate son. But God wouldn't recognize him as the son of promise and still brought through Isaac as the, as the son of promise through whom he would accomplish all that he said he would set out to do. Now, now that we've read the scripture, I want us to go back and I want us to look at it as much as we can verse by verse to see what we can understand about the scripture, about ourselves, and about who God has revealed himself to be in the scriptures. And, and that's an important thing for you to understand before we even dive into the scriptures is that this story, even though we're reading about people called Abraham and Isaac, what the story actually is, is the story of God. God is revealing himself in the story. And when we, when we grasp that, when we see it through that lens and we're asking ourselves, what is God revealing about himself in the story? then we start to understand the right things. Because you see, as long as the story to us is about Isaac and Abraham, then it's different. And that's, and that's where we who, are, who, who know God have a, 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 a bit of a different vantage point because somebody who's far from God can read the story and can see an evil, sadistic, manipulative God. But somebody who's close to God, who, who's not looking at this through the lens of Abraham and Isaac, is looking at this through the lens of who is God revealing himself to be in this scripture, well, you're going to see something different, aren't you? You're going to see a good God. 
you're going to see a merciful God. You're going to see a God who has provided not only for Abraham and Isaac, but has provided for you and I. In fact, further to that, you're going to see that God was revealing Jesus in this very scripture. Did you know that God had already started revealing Jesus in the Old Testament? That when the New Testament rolled around, that wasn't the first kind of t- the time that God started s- telling people about who Jesus is and, and bringing Jesus into the world to manifest. God was already revealing. In fact, right from the garden, God was already revealing Jesus. Remember about uh, uh, Adam and Eve who had eaten the fruit and they were naked and they realized that they were naked and so they made their own coverings. What did they do? They took matters into their own hands. Remember, why? Because they lost sight of who God is because they, they, had, taken matters, they, they, they had taken matters into their own hands. And so what does God come in and do? He, he provides a different covering from the one that they had. The Bible tells us that he covered them with the skin of, of an animal. What does that mean? That means God had to slaughter an animal in order for them to, have, to, to, to receive the covering. Already God was prophetically declaring of Jesus who would come, that God would slaughter this innocent lamb who, would, who is Jesus for our sake so that we would receive a covering, God's covering, not our covering. And in this story, we see again God shouting out the story of Jesus, that there is a Savior who is coming, and we see it lived out through these people. But you don't have to take me at my word. Let's, let's, um, let's go through the Bible and let's see how Jesus is revealed. Right. So it, it, the, the, the story starts like this. It says, now it came to pass after these things. That's right at the beginning of the chapter. That God tested Abraham and, said to, and, and, and called out Abraham. Now it's, it came to pass, God tested Abraham after these things. If you uh, uh, have uh, been with us for any sizable amount of time, then you know that I love to talk about context when we read the Bible. These, the words that are in the Bible are important. Now it came to pass after these things. Which things? If you read on and you don't take the full context of where the story lies, you miss the richness of the story. Because you see, the story of Isaac and Abraham isn't just starting in chapter 22. There's, there are 22 21 other chapters that have preceded um, this, uh, th- this, this story. But if we go back just a little bit, you realize that what had happened just before this, uh, well, not just before this, but what had been happening was that God had called Abraham, right? We, maybe we, we've come across that portion of Scripture. God had called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldeans, and he, had, and he had said to them, if you leave everything and you follow where I'm calling you, I'm going to bless you in ways that you can't imagine. Uh, your descendants will outnumber the stars and the sand and the seashore. Abraham had followed God, and, God, and, and he had landed up in a place called Haran, and, and, uh, and he had settled there. But God had come to Abraham again to say, uh, this is not where I'd called you to. I'd called you to Canaan, to the promised land. And, he had, and so Abraham had followed him there, and there'd been blessing after blessing. And even though Abraham had had some, some shortcomings, right, uh, but God had been faithful even in, in, in those areas. They'd gone into Egypt and, and Abraham had come out much richer than when, he, than when he went in. They went into a Philistine land and, and Abraham came out richer than what he went in. He, he had uh, gone to war and attacked five kings um, and, uh, and had won that war. To, and and, and the, these five kings had kidnapped uh, uh, Lot, his, his, his nephew, 
as, as, as part of a different war that they had been fighting. But, but Abraham wanted to intervene and go rescue his nephew. So he fought. So he, 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 there are many things that had happened leading up uh, to, to this point, including uh, the king of the Philistine area, Abimelech, who had come to him and said, listen, your God is the God. And I recognize that his hand is on you. So let's make a, 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 a pact. Let's make a covenant between you and I that when your God blesses you, you're not going to turn against me. That's massive. There's the king coming in and submitting himself before Abraham and saying, I'm scared of what you're going to become. So let's you and I make sure that we're in a good place now. Not only that, uh, God had, had fulfilled his promise that he would give Abraham a son. His name was Isaac. And so Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. And his mother, Sarah, was well beyond a childbearing age, well into her 90s also. So there had been miraculous things. There had been breakthroughs. There had been victories. There had been all of these amazing things had happened. And then the Bible says, now after these things. This is the place where we find Abraham after all of these things have taken place. He's sitting there and he's pondering all that his life has been up until now. After all of these things, God shows up and he says to him, Abraham. And Abraham says, here I am, Lord. And God says to him, I want you to take your son, your only son whom you love and to sacrifice him. And it says in verse 2, that, And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now, I, I love to ask questions when I'm reading the scriptures, and I, I, I highly encourage you to ask questions. And I always say, uh, you ask as many questions as you can. There, there's no such thing as a stupid question. You may not get all the answers that you are looking for, but the journey of digging into these questions is going to make you so much richer. Now, I'll ask myself a few questions as I'm reading this scripture. Why specifically a burnt offering? Why is he coming to Abraham now and saying to him, take your son and offer him as a burnt offering? And why in a foreign land, uh, in the land of Moriah, uh, that, that, that is, that is um, uh, three days travel away, why not take him uh, behind the valley where nobody's seeing and, 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 uh, and offer him as a burnt offering there? Why even a burnt offering? Why not desert him? Why didn't God just say, you know, chase him out the camp? After all, Ishmael was also Abraham's son, and Ishmael had been chased out of the camp, uh, out of uh, uh, Abraham's compound uh, with his mother. And yet he says to, for, for Isaac, I want you to make a burnt offering of him. Well, hundreds, many hundreds of years later, beyond this point, God would be speaking to another man of great faith, Moses. And, uh, and he would tell Moses how to commune with God. And one of the ways, one of the, 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 the ways that was central to communing with God would become the sacrifice, the burnt sacrifice. And God would describe to Moses how to do this, why to do it, what it achieves. And you see, the, the sacrificial system was, was central to their communing with God because what it did was that it, it, um, it, it, it addressed their sins. And so they would sacrifice so that their sins would be forgiven. They would sacrifice so that they would be closer to God. Um, they would sacrifice so that they would be pleasing to God uh, and, and so that they could approach him and be near to him. And so the sacrificial system would become important. But already at this point, speaking with Abraham, 
God is already setting up this principle that the sacrificial system is important. Jesus would come thousands of years later and he would be the fulfillment of the sacrificial system. So he would be the ultimate sacrifice who would be sacrificed and no other sacrifice would be necessary after Jesus because he would fulfill all sacrifices and all requirements of the sacrificial system. So already we're seeing here a prophetic utterance. He's saying to him, make Isaac a, a burnt offering because the burnt offering that he uh, would, would point to what, he would, what he, uh, God would speak to Moses hundreds of years later. What he would speak to Moses hundreds of years later would point to what Jesus would come and do thousands of years later to fulfill and become the ultimate sacrifice, burnt sacrifice, if you will. So he, sa- he says to him, Go and make him a, a burnt offering. And uh, in verse 3, we see, So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. I really just want to point out here Abraham's obedience. Abraham God comes to Abraham presumably in the night, so it's a night vision or some vivid dream uh, that, that, he, that, that he shows him. And he speaks to him in this manner. When Abraham wakes up, he's under no doubt as to who has spoken to him. Uh, and because he recognizes who has spoken to him, he quickly sets uh, to the task. Now, this is not an easy task, right? This is not Abraham, I want you to Go and wander the wilderness until I show you what to do. This is not leave your family behind, which Abraham had been asked to do by God and had already done. This is all that you have invested. All your hopes and dreams are in this one child, the son who's going to be your legacy, who's going to live on and, and, and take forward your name after you're gone. He's the, he's the vessel through which all my promises are going to be disseminated. And so your hopes, your dreams, your future, your prayers, your, your faith, everything is held in this one child. And God comes and he says, I want you to take him and I want you to go and sacrifice him. And, and Abraham does it immediately. Not the next day. He doesn't go and deliberate. He doesn't go and ask for confirmation or discuss it uh, with a bunch of people to see what their opinion is. Maybe somebody will give him a different view or different interpretation uh, to, 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 this, to this vision or this dream. No, he recognizes that he's received a direct command from God, the God who called him out of Ur of the Chaldeans, who has provided for him all this time. And so what does he do? He sets about the task. His response is immediate. I hope, saints, my grace and my prayer for all of us, myself included, is that we can have the kind of revelation of God that would allow us, regardless of the challenge or the the nature of the mandate, that when God speaks and he gives us this mandate and we're convicted in our inner man that what I've received is from God, that that we would all have that grace to stand up, dust ourselves off, and do something about it. In verse 4, it continues, says, um, Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. So they've been traveling for, for, for three days. They've been traveling for three days. And on the third day, Abraham lifts his eyes and he sees afar off the place that God has, has appointed for them. 
significant to me when I think of the fact that Abraham had no, and we'll see uh, in, in, the, in the upcoming scriptures, that Abraham, uh, his, his servant and his son were probably traveling together, they're camping, they're sleeping, they're breaking camp and they keep going and they're all asking themselves, we know we're going to make a sacrifice, but we don't see the, the lamb. What are we? But nobody's has had the courage as yet to bring it up. And so I can imagine that there are these long silences um, as everybody's trying to figure out what actually is going on. Where are we going and what are we actually are going to do? Silence, confusion, contemplation, especially on Abraham's part. I mean, he must have had so much going through his mind and, and, and so much pleading uh, with, with, with God even uh, in, in, his, in his heart as they're traveling and trying to figure out, Lord, what is it that you're asking of me? And, and, and Lord, surely after day one, you're going to show me. You're going to show me. You're going to reveal your plan to me. I know that it's confusing. I know that there's a divine plan, but you're going to show it to me. Day two comes. Lord, I know that you're going to show your divine plan to me. And you're not going to get me to that place where I have to sacrifice my son. Day three comes. Lord, I know that you're going to reveal a different plan to me. And you're going to show me something else. And while he's praying this, there he sees the place where God has appointed. Man, his heart must have sank to see uh, this place and to see that actually this is real. This, th there's no escaping this. I thought maybe after day one or after day two, God would see how serious I am and would tell us to turn back. I thought surely after day two, he would see that I am, I am, I'm intentional in obeying him and I'll do what he asked me to do and he'll tell me to, to, to turn back. But day three comes along and he's still not telling me to turn back. Not only that, I can see the place of sacrifice. There it is right there. And I'm being called to take steps forward, closer and closer to this place. That must have been agonizing um, for, for Abraham. And in, uh, in, in verse five, and Abraham said to his young men, once he'd seen the place, stay here with the donkey and, and, the, and the lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. And right there, for me, I see the faith of Abraham. The Bible calls Abraham, you know, the, the, the man of great faith. And because of his great faith, he, he was called righteous by God. And he, he, God bestowed on him these amazing, incredible blessings that we are uh, recipients of today. But I see it here, that sense of, you guys stay here. The lad and I will go ahead. We will worship on that mountain, and then we will come back. Abraham's faith was that both I and Isaac are going to come back down from that mountain. Now, was Abraham intending on sacrificing his son? I believe so. I believe Abraham was intending on seeing this command out. And so Abraham had, had these two realities uh, sta uh, staring, staring him in the face. On the, on the one side, uh, he had this reality where he was about to sacrifice his son as a burnt offering to God because God had said so. On the other hand, he had Isaac who was the son of promise and God had said that Isaac is the seed. And Isaac is the one through whom I will fulfill my promises. So it's a tension. What do I believe? God, this is confusing. It seems like you are contradictory. And many of us at this point turn away from God, isn't it? 
we receive either a contradictory message, and some people will tell you the Bible is, is contradictory, so there, there must not be a God, or I can't believe in God because the Bible is contradictory. Some people will tell you, man, no, the, 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 the things that God asks of us are too difficult, so therefore God can't be that good. I can't believe in this God. And here we have Abraham who's sitting with these, with these two realities. One where he has to kill his son and the other where the son is the promise. But what Abraham does is he doesn't keep his eye on the situation. He doesn't keep his eye on this situation or his eye on this situation. He keeps his eye on the God who spoke them both. Because you see, the God who spoke them both is good. And if this God is good, then surely the outcome, even if I don't understand it, but surely this outcome will be good. And, and, and I can imagine different kinds of scenarios and I can, uh, I can allow my faith to go one way. And we can see that for Abraham, his faith was, I don't know what's going to happen up there, but I'm coming back down with Isaac. And, and, and we see later on, as we read in the, in the, in the writings of Paul in the New Testament, that really what, 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 um, what Abraham was hanging on to was that God it was powerful enough to resurrect Isaac. So in, in, in Abraham's mind, there was no loopholes. There was no shortcut. There was no, okay, I'm going to just kind of show, uh, 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 go through the motions and prove to God one or two things and, and he's going to relent. In Abraham's mind, God had said this must happen, and so therefore it must happen. But surely God is going to resurrect this guy, because one, God is greater than my reality. And I'm going to come back down that mountain with Isaac. So Abraham, and, and, and actually before we, we go on there, let me point Jesus out again. See, the, the fact that, um, that, that, that uh, in Abraham's mind, Isaac was going up there to die and he would come back down with him, speaks of resurrection. So, so it, it, again, there's a prophetic shadow of the resurrection of the Jesus who would go to the cross and who would die for us. But let me show you an even uh, a more obvious uh, uh, prophetic shadow of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in verse, verse, um, verse 6. So, so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife and the two of them went together. Come on. Abraham took the wood of the burnt of, of, the, of, the, of the altar and laid it on Isaac and they went together. Isaac carried the wood on his shoulders for his own sacrifice. Don't tell me you don't see Jesus in this. Jesus is all over this Bible, saints. He's all over the Old Testament. Just like Jesus would carry the cross to the place where he would be sacrificed, so Isaac carried the wood for his own sacrifice, prophesying of the Jesus um, who would come. The father who was grieved to, to have to sacrifice his own son, carrying the knife and the fire to do the deed. And Abraham is the father who's doing this and he's purporting and he's showing us the father, the, the, the heavenly father who is grieved to have to sacrifice his, his beloved son for our sins many generations later. Okay, but Isaac, in verse 7, but Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father, and he said, here, here I am, my son. And he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham 
said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Abraham maintained his witness. He maintained his testimony. He maintained his declaration, even though he couldn't see the outcome. See, his eyes were not on his situation. His eyes were on the God who had come through for him so many times before. As, especially so when they were approaching the place of sacrifice, they're going up to this place. Abraham must have had to recall that this God is real. I'm not going crazy. There is a God who called me. There's a God who appeared before me and made me promises. I made a covenant with this God. There's a God who led me uh, to, to, to a promised land. There's a God that I negotiated with when he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And then I saw him destroy. And then he saved the people that I asked him to save. That God later came and made another covenant with me that I would be the father of many nations. That same God then came and said that uh, he would give me a son in my old age and came through for me and I have Isaac that same God brought a king a Philistine king to bow down before me and make a covenant before me because that king could see that my God was real so if I have seen in my life that my God is real and other people have seen enough to come and to tell me that my God is real why am I doubting now and I need to press through the doubt and I need to press through the voices in my head that are telling me that I'm crazy, that are telling me that people are going to laugh at me, that are telling me that this, what I'm doing has no application in today's world or that I'm going to lose. I need to press through those because the God who spoke is the same God who has been providing for me all along. And if that's the same God, then I have to believe, saints, that he is going to provide for me today. And, and I want you to know that regardless of the situation that you're facing and what God has called you to do or even to give up, he is in the business of providing because he has been providing. Look back. Look at the trail. Look at how far he has brought you. Look around you. Look what he has done for those around you because if he has done it for somebody else, then he can do it for you also. He is in the business of providing. And in verse 9, then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in the order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. I want to point out Jesus again. Saints, I think we can logically conclude that Isaac, there, there must have been a moment when he realized what was happening. And perhaps Abraham had to come clean with him at some point to say, son, God has chosen you as his sacrifice. Isaac had to be willing to be sacrificed. Why do I say that? It's not written in the scriptures. But, but, um, but Abraham was an old man, well over 100 years old. Isaac is a young man. If he didn't want to be bound by, uh, by Abraham, he could have gotten away. He could have run away. He could have overpowered Abraham. But he had to lie still long enough for Abraham to, to make the, 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 the altar and then to bind him and then to put him on the altar without a fight. So we see that, Abraham, that Isaac in this moment became a willing sacrifice, much like our Lord who went to the cross and became a willing sacrifice. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to, to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. 
and I'll just complete these two verses. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it for a burnt, burnt offering. God had a solution for him all along. And Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Saints, this is a story not about Abraham who had to endure suffering, who had to endure testing. It's, it's not about Isaac who had to walk, to take a journey with his father confused until he realized what was going on. This is a story about God. This is a story about God's provision. And the story of God's provision, his name is Jesus Christ. So this story is about Jesus. I want you to see Jesus in this story. Him glorified, him pers personified, him elevated. I want you to recognize that in the telling of the story and many others that I could mention if time permitted, but in the telling of the story, God was telling not just the story of Abraham and Isaac. He was telling the story of his provision over the nation of Israel. Not only that, he was telling the story of his provision over you, you and I. Today, he was telling the story ultimately of his, of his uh, macro uh, uh, provision and that, that through Jesus Christ, that even though we would stray from him, that even though we would walk, we would choose to reject him and not receive his truth, there would be a son, a dear son of a loving father who would bear the cross, who would bear the wood, and would carry the tools for his own sacrifice and would lay himself down so that we would receive salvation. Friends, I want you to come to a decision point right now. And the decision point is very simple. If this is the extent that the Father would go to for your salvation, that he would lay down the, 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 the life of, of, of his son, what are you willing to do about it? And I'm speaking to you specifically if you have never made the decision to lay your life down before him. See, he laid his life down for you. And what he asks is that you would also lay your life down for him. Fortunately for us, our laying down of our lives is not nearly as gruesome as what he had to undergo. For us, it is a matter of faith. For us, it is a matter of surrender. For us, it is a matter of saying, I believe that you are who you say you are. It's a matter of saying, I recognize that me being in charge of my life just does not work. It doesn't have good outcomes. I need Jesus to be the one in charge of my life. I want to encourage you, if you have never made that decision, or you have, but you know you don't have a relationship with Him, please, won't you get in touch um, with us on our discipleship uh, uh, WhatsApp number and ask us, for, ask us for the next steps. And we will gladly pray with you. Uh, you can just pop us a WhatsApp uh, and, and, and let us know if you want to pray to reconnect with Jesus and we will help you most gladly. I hope to hear from you and uh, if, um, if you, you are a lover of Jesus, you are connected with him, you, 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 you are in relationship with him, I bless you and I charge you to stay in that place of connection and I charge you to believe in the God of all provision because he has proven himself worthy. Amen.